what? I mean, I know we always <laughs> dance to the intro music, but it's the first time I've heard you make sound effects that go with the It intro did sound music. a little Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome back again. Guess who's or back. Or still here at this table. Yep. A few bottles deep here. You know, sometimes people have to go out of town and you have to record a couple in one night. <laughs> You do what you got to do. Sorry. It's okay. so much shame. No. How many times a month do you think you get deja vu? Do you think it's consistent? No, okay. not at all. Okay. No, it comes out of nowhere for me and it's fairly infrequent. What about you? I would say it probably happens a couple times a month for me. Okay. Interesting. You know, we go through the same process every single time we're starting this recording. So we hear the same thing, sitting in the same spot with papers in front of us, a glass of wine, whatever. And so we are repeating that thing. And so obviously it feels familiar, but that's not what deja vu is at all, right? Right. People often make a joke like, oh, I have deja vu because you're repeating something you've actually done before. But if it's true deja vu, you feel like you've done that thing before or been in that place, but but you you have have not not had that experience. Yeah, there's a distinction. Yeah. So if it's not clear, folks, we'd like to talk about deja vu today. That's right. And not the strip club that is not too far from home. Um, I do enjoy that their sign says 100 beautiful girls and three ugly ones. Does it really? We're <laughs> used to anyway. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Oh, God. Um, anywho, not that deja vu, but that feeling that we've all had, the glitch in the matrix. I thought it was interesting that people who have seizures or epileptic mm-hmm. often have this really strong sense of deja vu come over them right before they have a seizure. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Okay. The words deja vu are <laughs> franche. They are franche. Franche for already seen. And it's expressing when a person has feeling that one has lived through the present situation before, but you have not. Right. Apparently there are two types of deja vu that are recognized. Pathological deja vu, usually associated with epilepsy, like you were saying, or that which when usually prolonged or frequent or associated with other symptoms, such as hallucinations, may be an indicator of a neurological or psychiatric illness. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. And the non-pathological type, characteristic of healthy people, about two-thirds of whom have had deja vu experiences. People who travel often or frequently watch films are more likely to experience deja vu than others. Maybe that's why I experience it more often than you do, because I certainly travel a lot. (laughs) That's true. Furthermore, people also tend to experience deja vu more in fragile conditions or under high pressure. Research shows that the experience of deja vu also decreases with age. And I saw somewhere that they said that like the ages of 15 to 25 is the most occurrences. Yeah, there was one, I think he was a psychiatrist or psychologist that had primarily devoted his career to researching deja vu. And he offered a very simple explanation to that. I think he said something like, the older you get, the more experiences you have. So the less likely you're going to have a feeling that you've experienced something that you've never experienced before, because you probably have, you know, had more experiences as you get older. Yeah. They don't really know what causes it. There are a few different ideas about it. Have you ever listened to the podcast Stuff You Should Know? Uh, No, I have not. Okay. They also have a website called How Stuff Works, and they're awesome. I know I've read a lot of articles from that website. Yeah. They just dive into all kinds of topics and, like, break stuff down. It's awesome. (laughs) 
uh, better than us because yeah. they have real researchers and do science things. <laughs> so an article from them just called What is Deja Vu is talking about how there's much speculation as to how and why the phenomenon happens. Apparently, psychoanalysts often attribute it to simple fantasy or wish fulfillment. Psychiatrists ascribe it to a mismatching in the brain that causes the brain to mistake the present for the past which is kind of cool and weird. Well, that sounds more realistic to me. I mean, that weird sensation and Mm -hmm. feeling you get, why would that suddenly overcome you because you have a fantasy? I wish I was actually pouring orange juice this exact way (laughs) every time. Because it's always the most mundane shit, I know, right? It's, it's like not like you're at a dentist right. that you've never seen before <laughs> right. or something this like is, that. This is not wish fulfillment. I'm just living. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then parapsychologists believe that it is related to past life experience, which is a whole other can of worms that I don't know that we're going to open today. But mm. I'm with you. I think that the psychiatrist talking about the brain just kind of misfiring and like mistaking mm-hmm. something makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Besides the medical, if it's related with epilepsy, then obviously right. there's something. Well, in my non-medical, unprofessional opinion. Wait, you're not a doctor? <laughs> no, I'm sorry to let Shit. you know this way. But I think that it makes sense that there would be something like, not adrenaline, but you know how when you get like a surge of adrenaline and like yeah. your body feels different? A surge of something, some sure. kind of chemical that makes your brain or your mind feel different. That makes sense, Dr. Megan. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I just want to mention this article that you sent me that was really interesting. That I didn't even read, so you get to tell me about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. The title of the article is The Man Whose Life Was One Long Case of Deja Vu, written by Carrie Rom for The Cut. So they're talking about this 19th century Frenchman. He had what they called an unshakable sense of familiarity, even in new situations. His condition was documented originally by a French psychiatrist, and his 1896 case report was among the first pieces of scientific literature to use that term, déjà vu. This article was talking about this guy because they were saying if they had known then what they know now about déjà vu, they may have diagnosed him differently. Mm-hmm. He was a former soldier. He had previously suffered from bouts of amnesia. So not only did he have like this complex deja vu, but he also had bouts where he forgot everything. Sounds like some overall temporal lobe problems. Yeah. So he went into a mental hospital in 1894, basically had this feeling that everything that happened to him had already happened. The more that he had this feeling, the more agitated he got. So then he was kind of like driving himself crazy a little bit. Yeah. It says newspaper articles were just rehashes of past events. Even his brother's wedding, he believed, was a staged reenactment of a celebration that had already taken place, replicated down to the last detail. Wow. He would have like violent reactions because he thought his family was conspiring against him. And when they would take him to different treatment centers, he would insist that he'd already been there. He knew the center. He would insist that he knew the doctors that were talking to him. Wow. And he would get frustrated when the doctors would respond and say like, no, this is the first time we've ever met. Mm -hmm. It said basically that he had what the doctor called illusion deja vu the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. It says it was simply an instance of normal deja vu gone haywire. 
Mild cases with distinct endpoints could happen in otherwise psychologically healthy people, but the condition became a pathology if the patients like this one were unable to snap themselves out of it. So he basically lived the whole rest of his life feeling like people were conspiring against him and everything new was a reenactment of something that he'd already experienced. I know. So that tells you that is not a fantasy that anyone would have. (laughs) That is not wishful thinking. That is something happening in the brain that is problematic. Yeah. Reminds me of the Truman Show. Remember Mm. in that movie when Jim Carrey kind of starts to figure it out, but he doesn't know what he's figuring out? He's just realizing that like weird everything's the same some of these people look familiar because they were using actors from the Mm. outside world more than once to play different parts in his fabricated world that he didn't know was fabricated Hmm. imagine if this guy from the article oh god lived in the day and age when he could watch the truman show he'd probably be convinced that's what happened to him oh yeah (laughs) wow have you ever had to explain deja vu like to your kids or something how do you even describe i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) i would describe it as a visceral feeling i guess maybe i wouldn't use the word visceral if i was talking to my children that you've been in a place or a situation before you just feel like this has happened already does it make you feel uncomfortable in the moment um i guess sometimes i suppose it depends what is happening like most of the time it's like i said it's mundane shit like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and i'm having trouble thinking of specific examples right now But there have been some times where it's definitely unsettling. Yeah, it's a good word to describe it. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like a little paralyzed, like I don't want to make another move until the feeling goes away. Because it makes you second guess yourself because your brain is like, hold up. It's such a distinct feeling, though. It's not like, oh, I might remember this. I mean, you know what deja vu is. You know that you're having a memory that's not a real memory. There was an article, it was actually a CBC podcast called Ty Asks Why that I think is hosted by like a 12 year old. Yeah, it's a child. Yeah. It's called Why Deja Vu Happens and Why It's a Good Thing. This kid, Ty, interviewed a neuropsychologist, uh, Chris Mullen, and they That's said- That's the guy who's dedicated his career to deja vu. Yes. And he said, and this sounds kind of like I'm describing this to a 12-year-old. So like the way this reads is like he's having a conversation with a kid. So deja vu is caused by like a little glitch in the memory system where you have two feelings at the same time. You have the feeling that you find something familiar. And at the same time, you also know that that familiarity is false. In fact, it couldn't possibly be true. So our memories are constantly accumulating information to figure out what's useful and what isn't. And deja vu is just your brain fact-checking that information. That's funny because I was going to say it's like your mind playing a trick on you. Right. It seems more like that than fact-checking for sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like flipping through so many files so quickly that every once in a while it's like, maybe this one, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, never mind. Something else that Chris Mullen said was that if you didn't have deja vu and you didn't have this fact-checking mechanism, then you'd be in real trouble because you'd never know whether what you were remembering was a real memory or not, Hmm. which is like similar, obviously, to what that guy in the 1800s was going through where you can't tell what's real and what's not. Like he's thinking these things have happened. Mm -hmm. That would be a total mindfuck. Yeah. If you never knew if what you were remembering actually was real. You could see why it kind of drove him crazy. Absolutely. So let's talk about the opposite of déjà vu, which is... Je ne sais quoi? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> jamais vu. Jamais vu. Which means never seen. 
This happens to me a fair amount, I will say. So jamais-vu is basically like you've been in a situation or experienced a situation before, and you know you have, logically, but for some reason you feel like you've never seen it or experienced it. And so an example is when somebody doesn't recognize a word or a person or a place, but they know that they know it. I think this might also be called getting old. Right. Because (laughs) I feel like this happens to me. All the time. Yes. Like, I thought I knew where that store was, or I swear I knew how to spell that. Or <laughs> The word one is the example that I saw used the most. The sensation where you look at a word long enough that it becomes unrecognizable, like it looks strange, or you forget how to spell a word that you obviously know. Yeah, so the, the same psychiatrist that you were just talking about, Chris Mullen, he has been able to evoke this jamais-vu feeling through semantic satiation. He did an experiment where he asked 95 volunteers to write the word door 30 times in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And 68% of the subjects reported symptoms of jamais-vu, with some beginning to doubt that door was a real word. Yes. So that should I do think like, and we're kind of focusing on words, but if you stare at a word long enough, the stranger it is. Yeah. Oh, there's a movie. Oh, no. What is it? The person says the word over and over and over, and they're like, huh? It's lost all meaning. Yeah. Oh, it's from Friends. Oh. It's a friend scene. It's when John Levitz is on. He's like a, a restaurant critic. Mm-hmm. And Monica is going to cook for him mm-hmm. and has him over to the apartment. And he smoked a joint in the cab on the way over. Okay. And so he's super high. And then he's like, ooh, taco shells. And then he's like, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. We got to make this. Like, and she's trying to cook him this amazing dinner. And then she gives him these little onion tartlets. And he's like, tartlet, tartlet, tartlet. The word has lost all meaning. (laughs) That was definitely triggering a memory for me. That was a real one. Yeah, that actually happened. I looked it up. Can you think of any other situations where you know you've been in that scenario many times before, but it feels brand new? Everything after COVID. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That show we went to on Monday definitely felt new. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I mostly attribute that to like, I'm a busy mom with a lot of shit I'm focused on and stress and whatever. And so there's lots of things that I've done that I haven't committed to memory. And so I have to do it again. I'm like, I don't know. But I don't have any specific examples. Do you? I feel like driving is one, you know. I'll be like, I know I've driven down the street or through this neighborhood at least 10 times before. Yeah. But it feels brand new. I feel like I don't know where Hmm. I am or I don't have any landmarks or whatever. Interesting. I wonder if that would be considered the same kind of thing or if that's just modern life. We're all so distracted all the time. I don't know. It seems like very nuanced. Yeah. It's not as clear cut as deja vu is. Right. What about movies with deja vu? I mean, Groundhog Day. Right. It's classic not, example. It's not deja vu, but it's sort of like a play on it, right? Because he feels like he's done every day a million times, but it's he actually the, has. Just the one day yeah. a million times. Yeah. Oh, it's like the movie Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. That is Which such is a definitely movie. a spoiler, but an early spoiler. So go watch it anyway if you haven't seen it already. And then you haven't watched Russian Doll, have you? The second season's about to come out. It's Natasha Leone. The first season came out in, I want to say 2019, and then COVID stalled everything. Mm-hmm. Annie Murphy's in the second season. It's coming out 
next month, I think. Okay. It's similar, uh-huh. kind of. Weirder and darker. And Imagine better. if you wake up and it's the same day over and over. If that actually happened to you, how long do you think it would take you to go mad? I mean, it would be so disconcerting right away mm-hmm. that I feel like I would have a whole lot more of a like madness reaction immediately mm-hmm. and then sort of settle into a groove. Like, okay, I figured this out. I know what's going on. Here we go again. And then have like a year of being depressed. <laughs> God, the I mean, same day even, over and over again. Even thinking about a year of it, like that's ridiculous. Like Although it's not actually a year because it's the same day over and over. Right. But <laughs> it feels like if you can tally them somehow, some way, probably not actually, because it all disappears and goes back to what it was. But at anyway. some point you would stop keeping track, I think. Right. But like you could be in there for several years and it might just fucking I don't want I don't want to say too much about the movie. If you have not seen Palm Springs, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it right now. It's on Hulu and it's great. It's Andy Samberg and Kristen um, Milotti and it's wonderful. It's pretty fucking funny. Speaking of that concert, should we regale them with our evening? Well, <laughs> and speaking of forgetting things. We did talk about going to that concert we, before we went. I guess for me the follow-up can be summed up pretty briefly. It was a great concert with a lot of people that don't know how to behave in public anymore. <laughs> Including me, because I left my phone in the lift when we got out at the venue. Well, good thing you could push a button so it would make an annoying noise that the driver could not handle. Saved my ass. And drove it back to you. He did, yeah. 15 minutes of stressful panic and we got my phone back and so it was If you leave your phone in an Uber or a cab, which I wish I would have known this when I was in Vegas and I left my phone in the cab. You can just keep pushing the find my phone button and it will make a very annoying noise. Now, to be fair, that is a feature of the iPhone. So I don't know if yours has the same thing. I'm sure it has something Probably. similar. Because yes. I was able to, well, I was trying to log into my email on your phone. Right. But I couldn't do it because it required two-factor authentication, which means <laughs> I need my phone in order to do it. But it did give me tracking on where it was. So we were watching him drive down the street and it gave me the options to lock it because it's lost or play a sound. And we hit that play a sound button probably 50 times. Mm -hmm. What I think actually happens is you play it once and then it keeps going until you get it in your hand and can unlock it and turn it off, you know, with your face or fingerprints or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not sure that pushing it 50 times would have made it more annoying for the driver, but it did send me 50 emails. Every time we pushed it. Maybe it'd help with your stress level. And then we were like actually running up Pike Street downtown thinking that possibly we could catch this car. We did not. We did have to pause for a minute in a very sketchy part of downtown Seattle. True. Um, But yeah, we turned around and he was sitting outside the show box waiting for us. Thank God. I walked up and I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And he's like, please fucking take this thing. It's very loud. (laughs) He's probably ready to just throw it out the window. Get rid of this. And then you had to pay a fee for that, right? Yeah, apparently there's a lost and found fee, which I didn't know until after I tipped him really well, which I stand by. Yeah. Well, Um, it's still cheaper than buying a new phone. uh Uh-huh. But aside from that, what was your take on the concert? I loved Elle King. I thought she was such a great performer. I've never seen her live before. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was very sweaty in there. <laughs> and there were some total shit show people. It was kind of like being in a pinball machine. Right. Which, you know, it's a concert. And sure. that's normal. And maybe I'm just old. But I do feel like there was an element of like everyone's been inside for two years and no one knows how to behave anymore. Right. Because this was not like a young crowd. No. And it was the show box. Well, you're pushed up on a floor against the stage. Well, I'm saying, like, typically 
I don't know. I think it's a little bit more. It's not where like Taylor Swift is playing. No, she's playing a fucking climate play. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that usually mm. it's a more mature. Crowd. I don't think so. I think it's exactly the kind of venue where people are shoving and trying to get closer to the stage. I just sort of forgot that was a thing. And, and like passing out on the floor in front of you. That happened. I definitely <laughs> helped pick someone up off the floor. Megan said I was in a couple's pinball machine for a while because I had three couples bouncing Dancing off of and me. Dancing and swaying and bebopping all around you. We did get to witness a <clears throat> very interesting foreplay and a little beyond that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Some woman that we don't know. We didn't know anybody there, but we made a couple friends in the crowd. We made friends like we always like do. Like we do. Mm-hmm. And then someone else came up and was like, hi to them who they had met at dinner. And she was like, I'm mad at my boyfriend. He's a rock star and he's being a diva and she was like having a fight with him over text so she just decided to stay with us rather than go back to him and then halfway through l king's set he shows up and this woman was what would you say mid-30s yeah probably about that beautiful early to mid-30s yeah and then the boyfriend shows up and he definitely gave off rocker (laughs) vibes but like he'd been in a rock band in the 80s He definitely was like at least in his 50s. Easily, which is fine. There can be age differences, whatever. But man, lots of eyeliner. So much eyeliner. Lots of hair. And he had so many like big rings on and chains. And he was like, everyone look at me. Like there was Mm -hmm. just this vibe of importance about him. Mm -hmm. Self-importance, I should say. It seemed pretty clear that they enjoyed the fighting. Exactly. Making up and fighting. Exactly. And then they proceeded to make out (laughs) directly in front of our faces. (laughs) And I mean, like six inches away for a good half hour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, can you just move a little bit? Well, and the other thing that was funny is if you wanted to leave the bar area and go down on the floor in front of the stage, you could only take beer or cider or whatever. Yeah. So there were people (laughs) that were getting like multiple cans cans of of beer to take down so they didn't have to keep going back and then like jockeying back for their place. Mm -hmm. And I had this bag from some merch and um, we support people's merch. That's right. (laughs) And uh, I could see these people like finishing a beer and then they just kind of like hold it in the crook of their arm and while they drank the next one. And I was like, these are the people we met, not like random people around us. Yes. And I was like, well, I have this bag now. So why don't you just put your empty cans in here? And so by the end of the night, it looked like I was going to turn it all in for recycle money. Uh I had so many cans in my bag. She's like, I'm going to make a dollar and 10 cents off this. (laughs) So many cans in here. Oh, God. Yeah, we were momming all over the crowd, apparently. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I had the nicest interaction with shoving mosh people that I've ever had. <laughs> These two girls who were, I don't know, they were in their 20s probably, so quite a bit younger, were like trying to get closer and sort of like shoving into me. And I was irritated because they just like there, there was nowhere to go. And so they just were like squishing. They weren't trying to push past. They were just squishing in. And I turned and I was like, can you please stop pushing me? <laughs> <laughs> like the nicest I've ever been in a crowd to somebody like that. And she's like, well, they're pushing us. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what's happening? All right. I feel like we've gotten far beyond deja vu. Yeah, we took a turn there. Um, there is actually a, another deja vu location right there next to the show box. So it does tie in. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually. And bringing it all together. Full circle. <laughs> That's it, folks. Well, <laughs> 
if you want to check out that Deja Vu, I'm sure they have a website. So Oh, I bet they do. I bet it looks like an old MySpace page, probably. So. <laughs> probably. Okay, well, we record two in one night, and that means that we get a little tired earlier in the episode. So we're going to keep them short. And right. um, y'all can find us online. You know where? At ProseccoTheory.com. Instagram at ProseccoTheory. Rate, follow, subscribe, review, tell your friends. Email us. Cheers at ProseccoTheory.com. Correct. Cheers, Megan. Cheers, my friend. Till next time.